he did the things. He 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 almost literally did the things. Like comfort and insurrection is supposed to be a sort of metaphor, but no, he was literally sending the messages saying that he loves them and they're very special. He was literally <laughs> comforting them while they were uh, insurrecting. Someday at Christmas, men won't be boys. Playing with bombs like kids play with toys. One warm December, our hearts will see a world where men are free. And women and everyone else. Someday at Christmas, there'll be no wars. When we'll have learned what Christmas is for, when we have found what life's really worth, there'll be peace on earth. Someday all our dreams will come to be. Someday in a world where men are free. Maybe not in time for you and me, but someday at Christmas time. Someday at Christmas we'll see a land with no hungry children, no empty hand. One happy morning people will share a world where people care. Someday at Christmas there'll be no tears where all men are equal and none have fears. One shining moment, one prayer away from our world today. Only two more stanzas. Someday all our dreams will come to be. Someday in a world where people are free, not in time for you and me, but someday at Christmas time. The rest is just oh, one more that's unique. Someday at Christmas, man will not fail. Hello, Elon. Hate will be gone and love will prevail. Someday a new world that we can start with hope in every heart. <laughs> that is... Someday at Christmas by Stevie Wonder, which I could not play because, of course, it would get taken down because, uh, you know, the algorithm hates music. Um, I love that song. I that I song I play it. I song I play that every um, mass Christ. And it's beautiful. And I encourage everyone to listen to it. Um, and the garbage truck is right outside the door. Why are there four different trucks for every, like, why are there three trucks for all the trash? Why can't it just be one truck, y'all? One truck. Un camion. Oh, my God. Welcome to the Bituation Room podcast show live stream. I'm your host, Francesca Fiorentini. You've seen me on my show and other shows alike. Um, super happy to have you here. Uh, happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah. Almost happy Christmas. Um, I hope everyone is good. I hope you have made all of your connecting flights and uh, that, you know, you have done your last minute shopping slash realized you could just write a nice card, I guess. Or like wrap that thing that you were like, do you like this? Because I'm doing that with my mom. Do you like this? Do you want this? I'm going to wrap it. <laughs> Here you go. That's not a surprise. We have such a fucking good show for you. John Idarola of The Damage Report on TYT is here. He is going to be joining me. We're going to talk about the January 6th conclusions, the criminal referrals. Uh, we're also going to be talking about Elon Musk and all the policy changes uh, on Twitter slash not policy changes slash I don't know what day. What, how am I feeling? What's the weather like in this vacuum that I live in? Uh, also, comedian Sarah Schaefer is going to be joining us later on. And we're going to be talking about Nepo babies. That's right. All the famous people's children, the celebrity children that have had a leg up, have had a shoe in, have um, been endowed with beautiful cheekbones and lots of money. 
and uh, therefore have gotten far in their respective fields. Do we hate them? Do we love them? And if we could save just one, who would we save? Everyone chime in, join in. Uh, speaking of chiming and joining, make sure you're subscribed to this channel right now because um, this is there's a lot of good shit. All right? A lot of good shit on this channel. Uh, let's re reach 40,000 before the end of the year. Not going to happen, but I would love to have it happen. Um, and like the stream, share the stream, subscribe right now if you're on Twitch. Sup, thank you so much for being here and for subscribing as well. If you're listening as a podcast, good on you, you know? Just uh, keep your eyes, save your eyes. Why watch when you can hear? Um, make sure to give this podcast five stars on iTunes. And we'll going, we'll going to do, see, you know what? I got eight hours of sleep and I think I speak worse than had I got only six. We are going to do a bonus bish because Avatar 2 is out. And as a big old fan of Avatar 1... The same critiques that were lobbied at Avatar 1 are coming back, which is this is an appropriation and even a disrespect of indigenous culture, indigenous story, the story of colonialism. Um, and I want to know, what do you guys think? Have you seen Avatar 1 and 2? Let's discuss it. Let's talk about who's saying what. Um, how do we feel about it? Patreon.com slash Bituation Room is where you go to get that conversation and all bonus bishes um, every single goddamn week. No, we're not taking a break next week. The 27th, we will be on. I will be on. Um, and you also get bonus uh, perks, all kinds of perks, including 20% off all merch. BituationRoom.com for all of your merchandise needs. I don't know if you checked it out. You got Frantifa stickers. You got Bituation Room stickers. You got shirts. You got tote bags. I'm working on the bitch caps, y'all. Again, I need to know. I think everyone has their hat preference. Mine would be like a dad cap, like a soft dad cap. I feel like that generally looks good on everybody, but you never know. Um... Also, finally, and I guess I'm going to bring him in, but uh, my next guest is also going to be my guest live in San Francisco in, uh, for his SF Sketch Fest, which is a comedy festival. He is the host, one of the main producers uh, of the show, The Damage Report. He's also got Peanut Butter Storytime, which is where he gets all of his creative yayas out. He's a creative writer. He's an author. Um, and he will be live with me again for Sketchfest, January 22nd at 8 p.m. John Idarola, what is up? It's good to see you. Haven't seen you in a long time. So it's nice <laughs> to Thank you. That is a joke because every Monday I join John on the Damage Report. She does. That's great. It was so it's good to have you here. Thanks every thanks to the Dragon Squad. You know when I do live shows, John, the Dragon Squad rolls deep. I love that they do. I mean, I, I think that they've been fans of you for a very long time independently. But yeah, I know it, it, we, we used to do some like live meetups. And obviously that's been difficult in the past few years. So I think that there's like a there's a thirst for it. Oh, they're they're thirsty as fuck, dude. I mean, they really are thirsty. Uh, one woman shout out. I don't remember your name, but she straight up flashed me. She was trying to show me that she was wearing her damage report shirt underneath her habituation room shirt. Mm -hmm. But. I got bronzed. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's <laughs> give you a pass. <laughs> or better. Um, no, it was the most adorable thing. That was important. I had that Shout happen out. when I was trying to show off my habituation room boxers once, and I hadn't been wearing them, so it was it was unfortunate. 
first of all, they would be boxer briefs, of course, if we ever do them. Um, boxers, God, are we 13? Um, John, we still- how, Wait, how many 13-year-old boys underwear are you sampling? Many, <laughs> you many, have plenty. Any idea. <laughs> you don't want to know who knows the underwear <laughs> habits of Gen Z boys, Francesca Fiorentini. <laughs> Look- I'm gonna I'm gonna lean into the groomer label, okay? Mm. Um, <laughs> no, I I don't know I don't know why I just it was like when I was 13 it was like me, like it was because I had an older brother but it was also like I feel like boys started me like I don't wear tidy whities I wear boxers. That's true. And then they would show That's them fair. because it was the 90s and it was like I'm gonna wear them really you know my pants really low That's true. and then I'm it's mostly gonna be boxer, <laughs> you know? That's true. That was a look. We should bring it back. That was that was a look. I think it should come back. TikTok, if you're listening. Hello, TikTok. I'm like my mom. Hi, is this TikTok? <laughs> um, <laughs> John, we start off this show in the same way uh, that we always do, which is, you know, on a, just a real negative note and ask, uh, what are you bitching about? Okay, John, I want to subject you to an article that I don't know if you were privy to, or if you were, I feel like we need to give it more attention. Um, it's not just that Kirsten Cinema has declared she's now an independent, and um, we're just so bipartisan, and I need to be able to collect money from both sides of the aisle. Um, and fossil fuel companies have been really raring to go. Um, but we also found out this week that Kirsten Cinema has a side hustle, you people. Side hustle. And this is from Christina Catarucci from Slate, who did a little deep dive into probably a, not a not a crucial, not a critical story. It's not a climate change story. But she basically found out that someone under the same name as Kirsten Cinema, which is the most Gen X thing you could do, not even trying to like hide your name or whatever. <laughs> has been selling designer goods on Facebook Marketplace and has like an incredible rating. And she herself decided to buy some old Bottega Veneta shoes, which by the way, look at these corny ass, like the, the, the black and white flowers on the side. Like it's just so Kirsten Cinema. I can't tell. She decided, sorry, not not a Bottega Veneta, bag, bag, Badgley Mishka. I don't know how to say that. Bagley Mishka, also designer heels. Um, so she she figures out that Kirsten Cinema has been openly selling all these clothes and like, okay, here we go. $215 cycling ensemble, a $25 trucker hat, which is just, of course, she still wears. Like Kirsten Cinema is the Von Dutch of the Senate. <laughs> Still wears this. Um, $115 fitness tracker ring, $80 cycling jersey, $500 bicycle travel case. We know she bikes, she's fairly athletic. She's gonna, she's so she's selling all this stuff. And that not only was she selling it, but she was like responding to this woman's inquiries about the heels in record time. Like her response rate is really good. Could it be that the same woman? who has been voting down a $15 minimum wage, who doesn't have the time to look her own constituents in the eyes while they plead with her to help the Biden agenda, the radical Biden agenda in air quotes. Please, please, please continue things like the child tax credit. Hey, pass the DREAM Act. Do fucking something. 
that she's on Facebook Marketplace selling her old designer ugly ass goods because they don't go with her new different colored purple wig. <laughs> uh, what do you what do you, you expect her to pay attention? You expect her to meet with constituents? You expect her to like she doesn't she has a lot of time on her hands because she doesn't have any obligations to her constituents. That frees up tons of time. Right. And like initially I was like, this is so funny. It's so on brand. And like, you know, this writer is basically like we last week were like, what would Kirsten Cinema do were she not in the Senate? Um, you know, it seems like she again, I was saying she's like a buyer for Hot Topic or, you know, uh, <laughs> Forever 21 RIP um, or like, you know, she's someone said she was a wedding planner, but clearly like like themed like poodle themed weddings or something awful. Here's what she's doing in her spare time. And initially I thought it was funny. And then I just started to get really mad. Yeah. Like that someone, a senator, a senator would have this much time on their hands. And this is the shit that they're doing. Like this is what a 16-year-old does. Mm -hmm. Like, Yeah, look, if this was the only thing like this, I wouldn't necessarily mind it. It's being kind of like thrifty wanting to you know save money like you're contributing to you know rather than people just going and buying more clothes which has a negative environmental impact they're recycling but for me i don't think that this is her side hustle i think she's just a side hustle she's interning <laughs> at a winery and then she's doing a marathon and then she's doing this she's yes. pray loving when she should be meeting reading writing legislation voting for things that, like she'll find something else in two months she's just living her best life when she's supposed to be doing her damn job yes she definitely is like starting like a crystal like prayer circle in the senate <laughs> to be like i think we need to bring people together um more bipartisanship and so i've got this rose quartz mm -hmm. and um this i don't know turquoise those are the only i i just go into the crystal shop and i go hey which one gives me money and they're like i think you mean this precious thank you bye like that's what i do i obviously pay for it but uh and then i go like isn't it weird that i'm paying for something that's supposed to give me mm -hmm. money if it was a guarantee for money why are they selling it at all just keep exactly it. why don't they more. just sell money anyway no it's just it's, um she's the worst She's the absolute. She's the worst. And this makes so much sense. And I get, I just like, I hope people troll the shit out of her on Facebook marketplace. And it is so perfect that she's on the Facebook marketplace instead of like Poshmark, which I think a lot of people sell stuff on or even like eBay. But the Facebook marketplace is like, it's so Gen Z or Gen, Gen X. Sorry. Mm -hmm. I forget. On Gen Z. I think they sell it on Snapchat. I think is, is how that works. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She's. Uh, anywho, um, yeah, go. Let's go troll her. Let's go try to like, dude. If she was on eBay, I'd bid up her shit and then like not pay. You know, can I can I say really fast? I have yeah. very very rarely sold anything on eBay, let alone a piece of clothing. But I once sold a pair of boots that I got that didn't fit me, so I sold them on eBay. I sold them to a guy, and like you know, I don't make a billion dollars. So if I sell a pair of boots for like two hundred dollars, that's money that matters to me. That's why I'm selling it is because I can't afford yeah. it just. So I sold it to him, and uh, he sent me a message after saying that they were different sizes, which they very much were not. That doesn't make any sense. Why would they be? And so he appealed to eBay to not have to pay me, and they <gasps> sided with him. It was just a scam. He just stole the boots effectively, which was a devastating experience for me because I could not afford to lose that money. But now I just hold out hope that 
I don't know, maybe that happens to Kirsten Cinema, and she certainly deserves yes. it more than I did back in the day. That's what we should do. You do, you, <laughs> yes, I just actually bought a rug that I think I'm allergic to, so hey, everyone's crushing it trying to buy, uh, I'm trying to buy stuff on <laughs> OfferUp, and I think everyone in the house is allergic to this new rug. It's beautiful, but mm. it is full of allergens. Okay, TMI, let's go into what John is bitching about. John, what's going on with you today? Yeah, normally I bitch about something topical or newsy, but instead I just want to reveal that I'm like an, an old man, I guess. Sure. Uh, so we we talked recently, I think, about, you know, like the, the when people think about making content these days, like I had read recently about people's fear that YouTube won't last because the videos are too long. And so uh -huh. like everybody only likes super quick things, 30 seconds, 60 seconds maximum. And I think Vines. YouTube videos aren't long. Like it's three minutes, it's 10 minutes. Like you don't have that. But then I realized, right. and I don't even, I, I think YouTube's gonna be fine. But if YouTube <laughs> is in YouTube danger- owned by Google, uh-huh. Yeah, I think they're gonna be fine. And I think that there's always gonna be a place for content of that length. Um, then like the sort of content that I probably care about even more has no chance, which is, the written word. So I'm I'm going to be the billionth person across multiple decades to complain that like I can't conceive of reading being a thing hmm. anymore. And look, I In did some yeah. I did some searching because my fear is I don't I don't generally have people tell me that they've read books. Like I feel like there are books that we read when we were kids. Maybe kids read a few books these days, but I think that the entertainment available to them is just too consumable. It's too awesome. It's right in your face. Yeah. And so the reading like le leisure reading of novels the actually, written word yeah. i think that you i i appreciate this but i really need you to say like everything sort of a weird old english <laughs> the written word ledger and like because you sound really elitist right now no i know no but i don't i don't think that the written word has to be elitist they're libraries oh, for now what's that <laughs> But it is a little bit. I don't know. You libs and your fucking books. I just want I want that to be a thing. I think that there's value to it. It's it's one of the reasons that I started writing. But like, are are is anyone gonna write a book? Is can the novel survive in light of everything that's been happening? I know that these are these are stupid concerns. There's a lot more fun like fundamental stuff, but I just I think that the ability to be alone with something like that for there to be quiet, for there to be focus. I think that it's lasted for a long time. I think that it has value. And I just, I want to be proven wrong, but I can't imagine that it will exist. And then there's the side effect stuff. Yeah. We don't really have bookstores anymore. God knows if yeah. there's going to be any funding for libraries. There's no I point know. never having a library in your home, which is my dream as a little kid. I don't know. I'm just feeling, I'm feeling old, basically. Yo, dude, I feel that. I mean, I read a novel in the last three years. So I, I don't remember. It was like this scary. Oh, it was called um, Goosebumps. It was called. It was called only the only good Indians. It was by Stephen Graham Jones, okay. and it was scary as hell. It was really bizarrely written. It was scary as hell, and I. It wasn't three years ago. It was a year ago. So I've read like a novel in a year which isn't good, but I do think there are, you know, it's, I mean, RIP her legacy, but you know, um, JK Rowling, 
there, there, there are books that break through, right? And I That's think true. often what was so brilliant about Harry Potter, and you're right, I have not read a single one. I've told, I admitted that to you recently. But what was brilliant about it, it was that it's like it took like kids to kind of like hip their parents and adults that like, no, 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 this is not just like young adult fiction. This is like really, really good, really, really well written. Yeah. You know, and then it broke through. So like there are those and they generally are in your wheelhouse of like sci-fi, fantasy, all that stuff. Yeah. By um, the way, I, I want to give credit to like honestly women for being the only ones that are keeping any reading going whatsoever. <laughs> like they first of all, they write the books that break through, whether it's Hunger Games or Twilight or Fifty Shades of Grey or the Hunger Games. They're the ones we writing don't it. Claim... They're also the ones reading it. We don't claim that that chick. No, you're stuck with J.K. Rowling. If if you want her at her best, you need to have her at her worst. But anyway, um, like <laughs> boys, it's done. Like no no boys read anymore, and that I find that to be devastating. Like the cultural loss to so many people just thinking it's not for them, and I don't know how to fix that. I've occasionally talked about wanting to do something in that area. I just I I hate the idea that that could be like a thing of the past. It's not. It's, it's not telegrams, it's, it's foundational. It, if having a kid right now and being like, I truly want to hold out like screens from her. I don't want like any screens. And if she needs or has to watch cartoons, it's got to be like, she can't carry the cartoon in her hand. You sit down, you watch your cartoon and then you leave. Like, I want to institute that. We'll see if I'm ever successful. But yeah, the whole thing is like, oh, we're going to read a read to them early. It's like, why? Why? They, nobody reads. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna read to her. Does she have but, her own phone? <laughs> I mean, we're working on it. You yeah. know, she will yeah, not have her own. But two two rays of sunshine before we move on. One is there is a movement. I think two movements within young people with young people. One because of the book bands that are happening in their schools, they're mm -hmm. creating like banned book club groups so or book clubs so they're reading these books. Um, which if you've seen them, they're just it just says penis like you know, a 3,500 times. I mean, there's a reason they were banned, but no. And the other thing is like, I just read, there's another article about like kids who are choosing to not have a smartphone. So they have just flip phones and flip phones. Instead, they can make emergency calls, texts, whatever, but they're not like constantly scrolling yeah. Um, you know, and they're sort of, yeah, brain eating death spiral of social media. I like it. Let's look at that. But anyway, all right, everybody, read for John's sake. Please. Thank you. The old both. man in my day. <laughs> yeah, Grandpa. Fucking written word. <laughs> um, right, we read. There's nothing like holding a book. That's the other thing I have. Anyway, we'll talk. But I love mm, the feeling, the smell, mm, the look, yeah. the feel of a book. Uh, let's bring in my comedian guest uh, for the hour, writer and miniaturist. That's right. Miniaturist. Brilliant. Seen on MTV, Comedy Central, and more. Going to do their solo show at the Kennedy Center on December 29th and in 2023. So please, please catch her. Please welcome Sarah Schaefer. Hi! Sarah! Hello! Welcome. Yeah. yeah. God, that background's beautiful. Mm. Are, you in your, are you in your work area? You I'm look like you've nook. got... I'm in my... Work nook situation. Um, John Idarola, I think you need to know Sarah Schaefer because Sarah is, in, you both are incredibly creative uh, and like have awesome imaginations. And Sarah um, literally has created, like, you created a mini comedy 
club and a mm -hmm. com like a show in miniature form with comedians. Yes, I did. I've I've <laughs> I um work in one twelve scale mainly, which is dollhouse scale. So like, I'll just show you. Yeah, I'm like what? Compare that Here's to a couch. I need <laughs> so. The easiest way to remember 112 scale is one inch in this scale equals one foot in real life. Ooh. Nice. So it's 12 times smaller. And uh, what rodent are we talking? Chinchilla, a mouse, a mouse even smaller, a mouse. like a really small mouse, a baby mouse. Um, a baby mouse. I know. <laughs> um but yeah i love miniatures i've been collecting them my whole life but it really wasn't until the pandemic where i started trying to make my own stuff and yes i thought you know oh my god how cute would it be to like make a scale model of my trauma and so i made a uh mini comedy club <laughs> <laughs> is that related to something you're bitching about or your i know your one woman show is is related to that but but yeah. what are you bitching about today and in general oh goodness um you know i think uh in the in the grander scheme my 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 bitching is very small it's <laughs> tiny no <laughs> um i think my uh big bitch is um been going on for a while now which is um with hollywood and i guess it just extends to america in general which is um how do you survive in this system as a creative person mm -hmm. um uh, as a creator yeah <laughs> um i saw someone uh say like kind of complaining about the term content creator it might have even been you um <laughs> I don't I do that a lot. I've I've definitely complained about it. And then we've absorbed the word content to the point where it's now right. like normalized. And it's only happened in the last, I think, couple of years. Yeah. But like content yeah. creator, the person was saying how we've all agreed to this labor for these large companies. Um, and I know this we might get to more of this in in a minute, but just um I was booking this tour for my solo show for next year and we're starting to fill out the dates and um you know i'm not i'm not a a famous person i don't sell it's called in the biz we would call it i'm not a draw i don't just mm -hmm. book i don't automatically sell out a, a even a hundred seat theater like that is a, i have to push i have to work to get a hundred it depends on the city and the situation but um you know, you have to be really famous to be a draw. Like it really yeah. is a, a vast difference, you know, whether it's through a podcast or being on TV all the time. Um, and I, my agent was, my booking agent was kind of like, I mean, he's, I love him, but he was being very realistic. He's like, well, Sarah, I don't know if you can sell out this place where we're talking about whatever. And I was like, I know. And and I wanted to scream because I was like, so much of it is out of my control. Right. Um, not just like how famous I am or beloved or what those questions, which are so hard to figure out and for anyone, um, but like social media, like and how an algorithm can mm -hmm. control whether or not, like I have so many people every time I say, oh, I, I, 
I'm going to perform. They go, come to Portland. I'm like, I was there last night. (laughs) How did and I posted about it 20 times, like, you know, right. And every comedian I know and and touring performer has the same frustration, not just uh, performers, but like people selling, you know, art or, you know, anything that they're content creators, you know, you're such at the whim of what's working today on social media. Uh, What absolutely what company is now pivoting towards 15 second videos. And now every comedian is like, ah, God, I got to make a 15 second video, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It I, I, the, the, it's, it's gotten incredibly absurd and it is, it was hard enough to make money before. And now it, it feels both easier and harder. Obviously yeah. social media has opened doors for folks. You can monetize, yeah. but again, it's, it trickles. Like it's not a lot. And, and it's not and guaranteed. Then, Oh my God, it could change in a heartbeat yeah. tomorrow. If they change the algorithm, people are screwed. Yeah. Um, it all, there's a lot of brands that are involved, but like, it is another way to precaria, precaria, pre- make precarious mm-hmm. <laughs> an already really precarious art form, which is live comedy, live performance, mm-hmm. um, already hanging on by a thread, but you got to play that game. I know someone not going to name his name, um, who literally in the pandemic created a fake comedy club in his home, <laughs> shone a light on himself, did stand up bits, and then added laughter. And he got a million followers on TikTok. A million. And uh, honestly, valid. <laughs> I right? Mean, if you're going to go like, to trouble. Now. Respect the fucking game because that's all it is. Is just put up your clips, people dying laughing at your jokes, da, 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 and then book a room. And a lot of TikTok stars, not all of them, will fill a hundred seater easy, but they don't have any material. Right. They don't that's what I was shit. just about to say. I was like, I mean, I'd be interested to see that person headline. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But then clubs will book based on your your yeah. um how many followers you have. Mm-hmm. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. I, I have an NBC thing, which is exciting. Like I have like, there's like a creator accelerator program, blah, oh, yeah. blah. My first deadline article. Mm-hmm. Very cool. It's like TikTok stars. I got like 8,000 followers on TikTok. I'm not a TikTok star. Right. I don't know how I got included in this group. I'm very thankful. It's cool. It's like they, you know, we're, I'm going to pitch a show, et cetera, et cetera. But like, it's so funny to see it's just so funny to be included in this like Gen Z group when I'm everything, but, and I've got, you know, a fraction of the followers. Um, and it's sad ultimately. Okay. Um, Sarah, I know your one woman show is based on the trauma of stand up as well. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm so, I can't wait to see it. Everyone needs to go see it. Um, please, please, please. We'll, we'll, we'll plug it at the end, but we got to get into this week. It's been a while. We don't have, you know, we can take our little sweet ass time, but I wrote three, semi jokes uh <laughs> because i've been i've been behind y'all but this was the week where trump made a giant announcement that he is releasing a limited edition of an nft um which actually uses a copyrighted image which <laughs> is contrary to the entire premise and principle of nft artwork and i just think it's so funny that like the the right tries to own the libs you know they're so desperate to own the libs and they just kept keep getting cucked by like reality you know like they just 
they just live their lives and they get cuck they fucking get owned by the fact that no you can't sell an nft that's copyrighted anywho i'm definitely buying it um scientists <laughs> have cracked scientists have cracked the code for nuclear fusion which means if i understand this correctly more nuclear power is created than the nuclear waste uh to in to create it the, more energy comes out than the energy that goes in to create the reaction whatever book reader <laughs> this could be a game changer for clean energy by the year 2030 uh which is the year ironically that scientists say we have we have until climate chaos really begins like we had 12 years from 2018 that takes us to 2030 we could sit around and wait for this technology or we could just stop buying so much shit there's also that. <laughs> and finally, Argentina wins the World Cup in a game that gave me so many gray hairs, giving uh, the retiring Messi his long-sought dream of bringing the World Cup back to Argentina for the first time since 1986. I have so many thoughts on this, but I'll spare you for that. Uh, don't at me about all the, you know, con contradictions. It's a fucking game. Let's enjoy it. Messi wore a bisht, a bisht in the reception ceremony, which is a traditional Arab garb used for special occasions. And now this podcast will be known as the bishtuation room <laughs> for everything else <laughs> this is the week where okay so this is the week where uh the january 6th committee has wrapped up its uh long investigation um into what happened into donald trump's role in stoking the insurrection that we saw into the many different um advisors attorneys generals is is um fake electors is is all the the proud boys um all the different elements the media's role all the different elements and and angles on what the hell happened on that day um and they've come away with yes trump should be prosecuted for crimes they're giving him a criminal referral i don't know if this works like a like a job referral you know do they have to like do they check your like past like hey i'm following up about a, a donald j trump i hear he's crimed in the past and like, you know <laughs> like calling his ex-wives and stuff so here is jamie raskin um presenting uh Rep representative jamie raskin presenting the four charges that they believe trump should be charged with this is the starting point for our analysis today the first criminal statute we invoke for referral, therefore, is Title 18, Section 1512C, which makes it unlawful for anyone to corruptly obstruct, influence, or impede any official proceeding of the United States government. We believe that the evidence described by my colleagues today and assembled throughout our hearings warrants a criminal referral of former President Donald J. Trump, John Eastman, and others for violations of this statute. The whole purpose and obvious effect of Trump's scheme were to obstruct, influence, and impede this official proceeding, the central moment for the lawful transfer of power in the United States. Second, we believe that there is more than sufficient evidence to refer former President Donald J. Trump, John Eastman, and others for violating Title 18, Section 371. This statute makes it a crime to conspire to defraud the United States, 
In other words, to make an agreement to impair, obstruct, or defeat the lawful functions of the United States government by deceitful or dishonest means. Former President Trump did not engage in a plan to defraud the United States acting alone. He entered into agreements, formal and informal, with several other individuals who assisted him with his criminal objectives. Our report describes in detail the actions of numerous co-conspirators who agreed with and participated in Trump's plan to impair, obstruct, and defeat the certification of President Biden's electoral victory. Okay, so he lays out two crimes there. There's four um, in total. Uh, Again, obstruction of an official proceeding, conspiracy to defraud the United States, conspiracy to make a false statement, uh, and inciting, assisting, or giving comfort to an insurrection. Lots of comfort. Lots of comfort. Soft, pillowy comfort. (laughs) Um, So it seems like the hardest to convict him on should this go forward, is that last one, the stoking or comforting an insurrection, which to me seems like the most obvious one. We're going to march to the Capitol. We're going to not stop. Um, you know, and, and there's there wasn't like we're going to smear the feces on Nancy Pelosi's desk, but I feel like that was implied. Um, where does this go from here? Um, So the Justice Department is already investigating under a special counsel, the notably aggressive prosecutor Jack Smith, great name, uh, who was appointed last month. In messages seen by The Guardian on Monday, former Trump officials acknowledged the strength against Trump. A former administration official said the committee had made a, quote, very solid recommendation, while a former White House official said the facts are compelling. These charges are coming. (laughs) Those are former Trump officials. Clearly, maybe the ones who are not implicated in this. I don't know if that was John Eastman. You guys remember John Eastman was the guy who was like, mm. but it says here in the part of the Constitution I just wrote uh, that actually uh, other electors, alternate electors can vote for Trump to continue to be president and to nullify the electors for Biden. So um, that is uh, that's that's John Eastman's role. Lastly, on this, it seems like. AIM is being taken also at Kevin McCarthy, um, Representative Kevin McCarthy, the current House Minority Leader, who aims to become Speaker, (laughs) um, also is in the sights of uh, the panel. Other members are Representative Andy Biggs, thank fuck, uh, Jim Jordan of Ohio, and Scott Perry. There should be more. I mean, Gosar uh, as well. At issue was the refusal of these members to cooperate with the committee, even when subpoenaed to do so. Right. So we've been asking what happens since these folks have not testified I still haven't seen what happened with Ginny Thomas, y'all. That was another hanging thread. But, John, I want to kick it to you. What do you make of these uh, recommendations, these referrals? Mm-hmm. Um, how important is it that these have come down? And what do you think about what could happen? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm glad. I feel like you sort of had to at least do this. There's nothing more directly that they can do. Uh, they just have to kick it to the DOJ and and hope that they investigate. Um because this isn't this is even like a step removed from specifically saying he should be charged for these things. That connotation is there, but technically it is you should investigate in these areas because there might be evidence there. It's it's even slightly weaker than it's been presented to be. Uh, he mm. did he did the things. He he 
he he almost literally did the things like comfort and insurrection is supposed to be a sort of metaphor but no he was literally sending the messages saying that he loves them and they're very special he was literally <laughs> comforting them while they were uh, insurrecting for yeah. me it's not just it's not just that he organized the people to be there and it's not just that he sent them to the capital it's as he was watching hour after hour of the violence he resisted any effort by his own people to have him stop it that yep. I, I, I don't know how you get past that. You combine that with the calling Georgia to find find me the 11,000 votes. Then I, I don't know. Do we need robot lawyers? Like, do we need someone Honestly. who is not so crippled by fear of the political implications? Because if, if he can't be convicted for this, then the signal they're sending to whatever proto dictator comes down the pike next is so long as you don't literally say, go kill me, the government. Then, mm -hmm. you, then there's nothing that they can get you on. And that cannot be the standard that we hold, uh, you know, potential authoritarians to. Yes. And even then, the government is really broad and uh, there was no specifics in that sort of cr that cry. So mm -hmm. um, I bet that could be parsed as well. Sarah, uh, it seems so obvious that he did all the criming that it was. And yet we needed this entire. The entire case to be, I guess, laid out. I don't know who this is for other than like history right it's for some random kid you know um who happens to have one of the last internet connections you know <laughs> and can go back and watch the archives and, and say wow that was crazy uh but not as crazy as what's happening now you know <laughs> um no i i yeah i mean i think it's for us you know it's for the people that care we all know that the people who are loyal to Donald Trump, they will never be convinced of, most of them will never be convinced no matter how much smoking. I mean, look, everything that's happened up to this point, the denial already, you know, of, I mean, just things he's said on video they mm -hmm. will deny that that happened if it made him look bad, you know, like, so there's no convincing of that crowd. Um, and so that's why I'm just sort of, you know, if you don't press charges and we don't like, you know, make like accountability happen, why would you bow to people who couldn't be convinced no matter what, you know, it's like, yeah, why are we, it's, we've been in it for a long time. Why are we like, totally, um, you know, everybody's fussing over this small minority of people and, you know, people always, they always go, oh, it's 50, 50, it's 50% red and 50% blue. And it's like, that's a really overly simplified view. There's a much smaller core group that is like this extreme. And, yes. But they're, any time we concede to them and coddle them, they grow. Yeah. You know? So in my it's opinion, you gotta, yeah, stamp. I think so. I think, I mean, that exactly. This is, I think it is a loud minority. And I, I've, I think I disagree slightly with a take that it's like, it's all Republicans, all Republicans are this crazy. No, I actually think that a lot of them did lose the MAGA thread when specifically around COVID as they were dying. Um, and also around the January 6th insurrection. And yeah, the revelations are so insane. 
like this whole summer it's been like trump grabbed the wheel of the secret service agent most likely and tried to steer himself to the capitol to like stand on a mound of skulls <laughs> like um the attorney general acting attorney general was told to investigate italy gate which was the theory that satellites in italy or uh designed by some italian were flipping votes of the Dominion voting machines to Biden, right? And they straight up were like watching YouTube videos because the president told them to watch a YouTube video. Um, so it is, it's just so insane. And we got so close. If this isn't grounds for criminally convicting and, and also um, mandating that no longer can any of these people hold office, specifically Donald Trump, I don't honestly, I give a shit more about Trump than I do any of the lackeys, even though I fucking hate these lackeys. Mm -hmm. Even if Donald Trump can't be prohibited from running for office, then I don't know what kind of a democracy this is. Like, what the fuck? We're so bad. Like, we've known we sucked, but we really sucked. Push come to shove. You get feces all over your democracy. And it's like, <laughs> ooh, we had to walk around with doo-doo on us forever now. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just all coming back to the uh, the feces, dude. Um, anyway, it is it's like Nelson is laughing at our country, but he's got like those horns and his face painted, and he's the <laughs> QAnon shaman. Just ah. um, so we shall see. Uh, one thing that's interesting is uh, a lot of these politicians who were on the committee are outgoing, so it's the end of the four of the nine members on the panel. And then two others, Cheney and uh, Elaine Luria, Democrat of Virginia, lost their House seats this this midterms. Um, so, you know, we shall see what happens under the new House. It's very curious that they're going after Kevin McCarthy. Um, I, you know, so but a lot of these insurrectionists, a lot of the, these folks, these uh, politicians, they they won their reelection. Um, Wisconsin homie, whose name I'm forgetting deliberately. Um, uh, Wisconsin Senator John, please, Ron Johnson, thank you, Ron Johnson. Oh, sorry, I, I just wanted to kick committee. it to you. Sorry, no, 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 but Ron Johnson, who like had his office was talking with Mike Pence's office about the alternate slate of electors. Yep, he's barely had to even answer questions about it. Exactly, exactly. Anywho, um, more to come, but um, at least they—at least we're actually talking about crimes finally. Let's move on, because this was also another week on the hell site of Twitter. Uh, Elon Musk continues to Kendall Roy his way through this purchase. <laughs> Just L to the OG. Like, he is. <laughs> he needs to rap about this. Like, I can't wait. It will happen. Yeah, I'm about um, to say, it's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. We, we know this. The biggest thing, a couple things. Um Musk has been silencing journalists, kicking them from the platform for reporting on him kicking off the account that follows his private jet off uh, off of Twitter, which we also know John and I covered this story. He offered the owner of that account $50,000 to stop tracking his private jet. And the guy was like, no, I kind of really enjoy doing this. It's like a like a real passion of mine. And so, like, <laughs> I appreciate you, Elon, but like, I like this and it's public information and we should all know. Um so that all sort of un unfolded. Um, and another thing in within that was banning any links to outside social media websites. So this is 
no Mastodon links, um, no what other, no Truth Social links, strangely, no sort of any of these other like third or fourth party. I believe even Facebook is included in that. Yep. But he's very fragile about everyone talking about leaving Twitter on the platform. Um, folks didn't like that. He, they didn't like that. And now uh, he put up a poll that was like, do you guys like this? Should we ban other links? And folks were like, no, we shouldn't ban people from posting other links. And then he tweeted, going forward, there will be a vote for major policy changes. There will be, uh, my apologies won't happen again. So basically Twitter, sorry, excuse me, Twitter announced it was going to ban these links. Let me just back up. Let's do this. So <laughs> recently, December 12th, Twitter dissolves its Trust and Safety Council, tight, the advisory group around a, of around 100 independent civil human rights and other organizations that, that the company formed in 2016 to address hate speech, child exploitation, suicide, self-harm, and other problems on the platform. Beautiful. December 14th, Twitter suspends an account that used publicly available flight data to track Elon Musk's private jet, despite a pledge by the social media platform's new owner to keep it up because of his free speech principles. The account is restored hours later with rules that impose new conditions on all users about sharing anyone's current location. Then the account is suspended again. Great. Then, the, and on the 15th, the accounts of journalists who cover Musk are suspended, among them reporters working for the New York Times, Washington Post, CNN, Voice of America, and other publications. The accounts are restored a day after a Twitter poll that said, I don't know, should we kick these dudes off? December 19th, more than half of 17.5 million users who responded to a Twitter poll created by Musk over whether he should step down as the head of the company voted yes by the time the poll closed. So this was this uh, this was this one. Should you resign? Should I step down as head of Twitter? I will abide by the results of this poll. Fifty-seven and a half percent said yes. Forty-two and a half percent said no. Who knows how many bots there are? But even with the, <laughs> everyone were like was like yes. You need to you need to go. It's been whiplash, total whiplash on these policies, and then finally it's been won up by. Oh, I'm not going to resign because of that poll, because as unfiltered boss one told me, hmm. blue subscribers should be the only ones that can vote in policy related polls. These are Twitter polls. We actually have skin in the game. We paid $8 to suck your left nut. And Elon Musk replies, good point. Twitter will make that change. <laughs> so sorry. And then here was. Oh, oh, but guys, never fear. Twitter has finally removed the ability to see which device a tweet comes from. Twitter for iPhone, Twitter for Android. So rest, rest assured, you might be getting death threats. You might be actually being doxxed. Uh, you, there is no suicide or child exploitation warnings. But damn it if people know that you have an Android John Ida role. Well, and by the way... I found out, I found the identity of a, of a cyber stalker years ago based on being able to connect who I thought it was based on the showing the Android thing yeah. to narrow it down and figure out, like, it's a complicated story, but at the time I was able to figure out who was stalking me based on it showing that it was coming from an Android wow because i could track like their real account versus the fake one that they were using to harass me right i mean it's much more 
stalkers are much more sophisticated now. This was this was a simpler time, but I mean, not really. I mean, in the old tools. The main cyberbullying that I've experienced was from former TYT host Jimmy Dore um, while he was on a trip in Italy. And uh, Matt Bender of uh, the Majority Report, and Matt Bender also was one of the journalists who was uh, suspended by Elon Musk, did a whole back channeling using like the Twitter for iPhone or Android thing and also the like carrier of where Jimmy Dore was posting from to show that Dore was using these fake bot accounts to troll me. Like he would troll me and then he would log into his fake bot accounts to troll me. It's very cute, adorable. But but yeah, effectively, Sarah, your your story is it it's not um it's exactly what's happening. It's like yeah. the the less there's less of a footprint uh, and a trail to find out how and who might be stalking folks online. I mean, it was already so such a cesspool of, of where abuse could be rampant and unchecked it was so easy to i mean i i like don't even want to speak about what i've dealt with because i'm so at this point so conditioned to never talk about it because every time i mention it it makes the problem worse but yeah yeah when you there this is what i always said there are so many people who suffer in silence on social media because if they draw attention to what's been going on it makes the problem worse if somebody is coming at like stalking you essentially it can escalate things but it was oh my god especially so if they've hard. got yeah if especially if they've got bot armies and the same thing i mean we're talking about right. 4 years ago that door was like you know trolling me he had all these bots he had all these people supporting him it was during the syrian civil war and only now am i like super comfortable talking about it online yeah um because i know there won't be a million reaction videos although who knows he could like search his name someone some troll right. in the comments could be like look at this video you know what i mean like this is what happens right. and then you you're it's like it's like trying like fucking Glenn Greenwald is now a joke, but at a certain time, if you went after Glenn Greenwald, um, you would ha you'd be screwed for weeks and weeks and weeks. Yeah. Um, well, that, that's, John, that's what I was just gonna say. It was like Twitter was already yeah. such a nasty place, yes. and now it is a nasty place that is also being run by this like King Joffrey, and yes. it's literally just about king joffrey now like my whole feed is just about what he's doing so yes i'm not even and i've been on um you know and everybody's got their new platform that they're into but i i've been on i've tried them all but i i'm on mastodon the most and i'm mm -hmm. getting used to it and i'm it's so much more pleasant because i yeah. you know part of it is i don't i'm not locked into the whatever algorithm i'm in now in twitter but it's just, I'm like following accounts of a guy who just takes pictures of squirrels, you know, like it's just I love really it. pleasant and sweet. John, th thoughts here on this like back and forth ping pong policy? Will Can yeah. he just let it go? Uh, I think that he might be forced to at least directly let it go just because, you know, of what's happening with Tesla. Like he wants to be in charge of Twitter, but he also likes being rich and he likes being in charge of Tesla. And I just checked uh tesla's stock price has been dropping all year everybody knows that and more recently it's been dropping everybody knows that it's dropped ten dollars a share today jesus it is down over 60 percent from the beginning of this year that is devastating 
not only to potentially his ability to stay ahead of Tesla, because they might have to do something eventually, but any perception that he's a competent manager, let alone a Tony Stark level genius. Um, with with the polls, oh, by the way, he let some of the journalists back. Let's be clear. He has not let all the journalists back. Lynette Lopez, who's been doing critical coverage of him for more than four years at this point, and he has personally attacked on Twitter years ago, is still suspended. She's going to be on my show, The Damage Report, tomorrow. We're going to be talking about that. Um, he's Jesus. been viciously attacking her for years. There's no case to be made that she doxed him. Just amongst other bannings, he banned her too, and she's still banned. So he hates transparency. He hates the First Amendment. Let's be clear about that. With with the poll, it's not just that literally any right winger giving him an idea immediately he'll agree with and then say that it needs to be implemented. That's a weird way mm -hmm. to manage. Normally, you would have a process. Um, it's not just that he appears to have wikied poll tax and decided that's a good thing. I think I'm going to institute that. Or even just that, what is this poll supposed to measure if the only people that can vote in it are the people who feel comfortable giving you money right now? <laughs> like, what is that democracy. supposed to be representative of? Real then, democracy. Exactly. And there's one joke level beyond that, which is Elon Musk will never do something he doesn't otherwise want to do just because a poll tells him he has to. That's just not how those are going to work. The entire thing is like a, a five-layered sham. Yep. It's, it's like very you... Trumpian. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's the most Trumpian. And the and the yeah. thing that has been so good about this year is that, or two years, I guess, is that Trump has been off Twitter. Mm -hmm. It's been so much better of a place without Donald Trump on Twitter driving just like the conversation constantly. And it was a little funny in the beginning when when Elon was driving the conversation. He already was before this. Remember when he would just oh, yeah. tweet out anti-trans stuff, tweet out stuff about masculinities, fucking mm -hmm. sperm. I don't know, whatever the hell is, he's, uh, is on his mind. Boobies or whatever he's, you know, joke he's making. Boobies. Like, yeah, yeah. He's like, he, he basically, he's the equivalent of like typing in boobs into a calculator <laughs> and putting it upside down, you know, or like 8008 five what i'm like um and like he was already driving the conversation and now it is non-stop and i have to say that between him and trump i am so fucking done with these like megalomaniacal babies driving every single inch of our discussion it's almost it's almost at least more permissible now that he owns the platform whereas before it was like we don't owe you anything and then you just sort of i'll just see like why are you know why are socks trending? And it's like, oh, it's because Elon, um, he wears two <laughs> left socks. And you're like, the fuck? You know what I mean? Who cares? Um, so, but I, I I, just need it to be over. I need mm -hmm. I need this to be done. I think everyone, Sarah, an option is to mute the words Elon and Musk. I think the mute option still works. However, a lot of people, and I got, you know, I'm guilty of this. Is yeah. because I'm always trying to avoid being harassed online. I will be sure. silenced. Like I really, truly will be silenced. Like right, you self, you self censor. Like, yeah. Um, is that I use you know like uh el asterisks in or I elun musk or you know I I I, I do a right. code word. And then I re realize, oh, people who don't want to see it are now seeing it. But and so it's like, you're damned if you do. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Totally. He is searching his name. Oh, yeah. E-L asterisk uh, N. 
<sighs> um, anyway, we'll see what the next week brings with these ridiculous goodies. In the meantime, I'm on Mastodon, but I joined like the green server and I don't know why I'm on the greens. I don't know what the servers do. I don't I don't understand it yet either. I'm on it technically. I, I, I literally just you just sign up for one and I'm on it. But I see anything and everything that I want to see and I'm still like learning it. But I'm yeah, I think it's it's just a hard it's a barrier of entry. I would compare it to like crocheting, crocheting, <laughs> hard to learn, easy to master, knitting easy to learn hard to master so yeah uh, it's like skiing and snowboarding snowboarding hard to learn uh well whatever the point is yeah. skiing's easier when you start snowboarding super hard when you start um so it's hard to get started and get into but once you're in it i think and i mean but I, we'll see which 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 platform rises and if i don't want there to be a a, a carbon copy of twitter i want something different i want something new yeah exactly i want one where like I want one that's called Weenus, and we just show, we just take pictures of our Weenus. It's like, it's just like, you take a little, just, just that every day, and you check in with the Weenus, and you're like, hello. You give a progress report. Progress report on the Weenus. How's it going? Is it ashy today? Is you, is it moisturized? How we doing? All right, guys, that's, this is the show. Um, <laughs> one. One final segment or two, if you're a patron, patreon.com slash situation room, we're going to talk about Avatar. Um, but okay, the word, apparently the phrase of 2022 has been Nepo baby. I'm not on TikTok, but apparently young folks are obsessed with Nepo babies. Uh, that is children of industry, um, children whose parents are famous actors, directors, writers, um, I don't know, whomever. Uh, generally in Hollywood, in music, etc. Um, and I kind of think this is inspiring a new segment on this show, which is, look, the revolution has come. It, it has come to, it is on the gate, is at the gates of, of every uh, gated community in Malibu. And um, we're coming for the Nepo babies, guys. We got a guillotine, a nonviolent guillotine. <laughs> And uh, we're taking them. We're taking the Nepo babies. We're taking all their loot. Except we're going to spare one. We're going to spare mm -hmm. one. So my the new segment is spare one. <laughs> spare one Nepo babies. What is a Nepo baby? Let me give you some examples. Maud Apatow, daughter of uh, Judd and Leslie Mann. Um, Zoe Kravitz. I'm not going to get into all their parents, but Lenny Kravitz's daughter, um, Maya Hawke, Ethan Hawke and uh, Uma Thurman, Dakota Johnson, Schmiggity Boo and Schmidi, Nick Kroll, who's just somehow a billionaire or a millionaire, uh, Miley Cyrus, Taylor Swift, yes, an industry darling, hmm. SNL writers, as there are two SNL writers whose parents are just SNL producers, Ben Stiller, Laura Dern, OG. Guys, remember Nora Jones is Ravi Shankar's daughter, but I love Nora Jones. Um, Henry Fonda, of course, OG. Jane Fonda's uh, Jane Fonda is Henry Fonda's daughter. The Skarsgards. There's a million different Skarsgards. <laughs> um, Vulture. Vulture did an article all about the Nepo babies, and um, I want to bring it up. See if I can uh, just bring it up here. Um, and. There's so many that you didn't even know were children of famous people and they're everywhere. They're coming out the woodworks 
And and it's kind of like I'm so bad with names and faces in Hollywood. But then I'll like I looked at this article and I'm like, oh, that's why they look so familiar because they're all children of other children of other children. But we have to save one um, thoughts and feelings, Sarah, about Nepo babies and who you're saving. Um, you know, look, as a comedian and a person working in Hollywood, Nepo babies um, can be very annoying. Um, but I think there's a distinction between, and Vulture's article did a pretty good job, like breaking it down, but like Nepo baby, there's the people who are born into a Hollywood family. And so like, it's not just like, oh, your dad got you the job. Your dad taught you how to behave at an audition. Like mm. really, your, your dad you know it's like and i worked at uh late night with jimmy fallon when it first came on mm -hmm. and the interns for the first summer the first oh. summer interns really powerful people's children like yep. jimmy buffett's child you know like, yep. uh not that jimmy buffett's Damn. powerful but like or but like the head of ge like huge you know and we were like this intern could get me fired you know, right. there's, there's that level, but um, this intern could get me fired. In fact, that is how Kevin Spacey um, was finally outed as the predator that he is, is because there was someone working on the set of uh, House of Cards who was like the kid of somebody important. And he, he kind of like fondled the wrong fry line. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or well, not fry line. And I, th I think, you know, there's obviously there's Nepo babies, which, uh, a friend of mine made a good point. They're like, would you be mad at a cobbler uh, for their child being good at cobbling? Like, you know, like, yes, if it runs in the family, fine. But it's the access. And, and then there's wealth, which Nick Kroll, I think, is more of a wealth child as opposed sure. to like, he's not a child of Hollywood. He's like his he grew up super rich. And right. um, mm -hmm. the, the, in in Hollywood and in certain I mean, I guess in every walk of life having yeah. an enormous amount of wealth just makes things a lot easier so whenever i hear a, a a performer or an artist like waxing about how they don't they never compromise like oh i i never do that i won't take roles that aren't you know i'm always like are you a nepo baby because like a lot of us have to compromise in order to get you know i always sniff it out i'm like that just smells like nepo baby anyway i would save because i was shocked to see her uh-huh <laughs> my friend kate berlant what she's like down at the bottom um, wait because her like mom her dad is an artist and her mom like it's i think they threw her on there to be funny it's like on the very bottom of like sort of like side wait i gotta get there um, is it career swappers no it's like industry oh here we go Nepo. like she's sons of actors very bottom i was like why are you including her anyway i would save her and i'd save also um hannah einbinder uh, Lorraine Newman's yes, daughter, a friend. I love, and and so you know, I I mean, I think look, we don't want them to die. Obviously, no. oh my god, wait, I have to find Kate. Where is Kate? Is that right there? Here we go. The very last one. I feel like they did that as a joke. son of a novelist and film critic. <clears throat> oh no, no, that's no. sorry. That I oh. daughter of a sculptor the and the woman who made, made the joke. Stonehenge for this is spinal. That is so okay. funny. I think that's okay. <laughs> I think it's all right. Nope. She made that Stonehenge. That's tight, though. <laughs> I mean, it is. It's like, I want to meet your mom, Kate. <laughs> but that sculptor nepotism is kind of the most insidious. We all know that. You know, like, yeah. like Michelangelo's son was just had that fucking shoe in, even though he it was mostly Play-Doh. <laughs> I 
um, yeah, if you grow up with 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 our successful artists' parents, that's something I'm I am I'm envious of that. Like that just sounds like wow, you just are like you're just you grew up in a super creative environment. But I know that there's like there's also yeah. uh, problems that come with being a Neko. But this yeah. is the whole thing. I mean, it's like it's again the rich being wealthy and a creative person or a content creator. It's like honestly, it's your parents and your parents' friends who like buy all your art and shit and like help you. Like fine art is full of that stuff, mm -hmm. um, and. It, it it is it's just generally annoying um because it's also annoying i think because it's like well we could take a chance on someone unknown or we could take a chance on like the daughter of melanie griffin you know and yeah. you're like yeah dakota johnson can't act i'm sorry um and someone else okay wait hang on john who who would you save sorry yeah i i'll say overall i'm I think as long as they prove themselves, it's not nearly as bad. Like you have to be legitimately good. Like I, I, I realized Jack Quaid from this list, but he's good. He's really good on the boys. He's not my favorite actor or anything, but, but he's good. Right. So I'm okay with him. Um, does it count if they're a sibling or does it have to be kids? No, I think it counts. Okay. Cause I get, I mean, I'm inclined to say Elizabeth Olsen, who I think is legitimately <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but it's, she's I not think... a Nepo baby. She's a Nepo sister. Yeah, I guess. I I don't think that's Beanie super. Is, counts. is um Beanie Feld? What's her name? Feldman. Beanie Feldman. Isn't she the sister of Jonah Hill? Yes. Is that I would a not sibling? Say, I did not. I would. That. I would. Gu I would guillotine that. I'm sorry. I would not save that. <laughs> oh my god. I, yeah, I'm not, not, like... I don't. I'm not familiar. Uh, I, I, I'm. <laughs> I mean. It's so annoying. Gonna, They're Elizabeth annoying. Olsen. They're annoying. You're gonna save Elizabeth Olsen. That's good. I think I think Elizabeth Olsen saved generally because I think the Olsen twins. That's different. They were child actors. Yeah. You know. Then I'll, um, I'll do I'll do a legitimate one then. Um, I know okay. you you've already mentioned this, but I I really think Maya Hawk. So I I was a huge fan of Stranger Things, and uh, generally yes. whenever a new character comes in, I'm like, who the hell are you? Who the <laughs> hell are you to take screen time away from those kids? And she 100% won me over. She is, I think, a very good actress. Um, obviously, she's, she's been benefited by her parents or whatever, but she's great. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna say she's her. just doing tweaky Ethan Hawke. Like she's just like her dad. <laughs> she's like just like the tweaky Ethan Hawke, but like in the lanky Uma Thurman. But I've never really um, loved Ethan Hawke that much. I like Maya Hawke better than Ethan Hawke. I think okay. she's eclipsed the parents. There you go. Can I just say uh, this is? I'm just gonna throw some shade. John David Washington, son of Denzel Washington, is not a good actor. I'm sorry. There's a perfect example of someone who's like, you got this job because you're fucking Denzel Washington's son, and you're not good. The Black Klansman wasn't good. Like, and, it, and honestly, it's kind of on him. Like, he, he just wasn't that good. Um, what's the other film that he's in? He's just not good. I'm sorry, y'all. He's not good. Tenant, he was was I, I didn't, didn't see, see Tenant. Okay, I I admittedly did not see Tenant, but it just it's sad. It's sad that the son of Denzel Washington wouldn't be as amazing as Denzel Washington. But it happens. Go do something else. Be an accountant. Yeah. Handle all your dad's money. All right. Obviously, I'm pissed about this, <laughs> and I think they're all trash, trash babies. Uh, except for <laughs> I will save, I save Ben Stiller. I support the Stiller family. He's good. I, yes, um, love his dad, love him. 
He's excellent. Some of the best comedies, I think maybe ever, my favorite comedies have been him directing. Not really, a, not really a, like I could give or take or take or leave some of his acting things, but it's just all everything he directs. Severance. Yeah. Severance. Hello. Oh, that's the true. best fucking that's show true. that I, I don't know if I need for season two. Oh, it's going to be so good. You know, Ben Stiller tweeted one time that, that like Hollywood is a meritocracy and people were like. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? You know what he did? He took it. He took the criticism and he like responded and was like, you know what? I, I, you're right. There is a lot of privilege that goes into, you know, and that made me. Thank you. When somebody gets like attacked and dunked on or ratioed or whatever we call and they kind of take it and they're like, yeah, good point. I'm always impressed yeah. with people who can do that. Cause I know that when you're being dunked on, it's, it's the emotions go real high and uh, right. it doesn't matter who you are. You can react very poorly. So I, I made me it's like just so it. much easier yeah. to be trolled incessantly when you can like, just like take a little break in your like soak tub, you know, or like go out to the, you know, go out to the hot tub for a second, um, then take a little like, a little you know sauna a little like i i just you know what i mean after yeah. swimming a few laps in their incredible pool um that's <laughs> always easier um guys thank you so much for joining me for this situation room been a little sillier of one it's been fun um i hope that uh you know look i had i had a kid she's gonna have a oh my god if she wants to headline roosters in sunnyvale california <laughs> she's gonna have a fucking leg up all right <laughs> In the comedy world, if she wants to, if she wants to <laughs> run an open mic in Silver Lake, oh my God, gross! <laughs> Just like gonna have all the stage time with all the weirdos. But uh, that being said, Sarah Schaefer, where can people find you? Follow your work, get tickets to your show. Um, Sarah Schaefer one for now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh on but twitter i've got a link tree in there contraband or was contraband <gasps> for a day um but yeah come come see me do my show next year i'm doing it all around i am so excited i will be getting tickets and going uh please be very well and uh, i may see you in the bonus uh tbd on if sarah's gonna stick around for the avatar discussion john idarola where Thank can people you. find you uh, I'm still on Twitter for now. We'll see day by day. John Adorola, uh, the damage port. You can see me every day. You can see Francesca 20% of those days. And Francesca hey. is actually going to be filling in for me a little bit next week, which is super exciting. And patreon.com slash John Adorola. If you also long for the days of books, I write uh, and release original fiction, fantasy, and sci-fi, some inspired by Redwall. And we do a podcast breaking down stories every month amazing thank you so so much john uh see you in the bonus i hope and uh, thank everybody here uh let me read a few comments and um it's just enough time to to uh stall because we don't have any new ten dollar pa- patrons but i'm gonna give you a chance to become a ten dollar patron so patreon.com room um have said <laughs> i'm bitching that frandon whip out boobs after the victory of argentina how after we we did get to see matt that's true i did promise a titty if Argentina won and they did, and I didn't whip it out. Uh, but Matt, you got pretty much full Nick Nick Matt. Um, if you guys are wondering what we're talking about, go to my Instagram at Franny Fio. Um, 
<laughs> Paolo Leverado says, John is learning Navi on Duolingo. He is. He'll never speak it, but he'll know exactly how to write it and everything. Fun P, thanks for the super chat. Merry Christmas, Francesca. Merry Christmas to you and happy holidays. Uh, Jonathan Leiter, thank you so much for the super chat for Dragon Daddy and you. Happy solstice. It is the darkest day of the year. Um, Robert, thank you for your super chat. Francesca is blessed with excellent facial symmetry. Yeah, thank you. And there's nobody more deserving. Yes. Yes. I. You know what? My money is measured in my facial symmetry. Doesn't that get you anywhere in Hollywood anymore? Um, Noemi Green, I flash Francesca in Portland. Noemi, thank you so much for chatting us. Yes. Charles Guliano says, is SF Sketch Risk going to be streamed online somewhere? No, but it will be available after the fact on, on Tuesday of that week. Um, and Sticks Dragon, thank you for the super chat. I've been waiting for this for a long time. Happy Thursday, Franny and John. Uh, or That's Tuesday. Uh, Ian C would love a book tour of Francesca's shelf on the left. Ah, you're the second person to ask for one. I will be, let's do a, let's do a bonus. Let's do a bonus of just about my books. How about that? For all the patrons. Um, Matt Gates on a way for Bronco. Thank you for the super chat. If cinema had a podcast, it would be called the B Ituation room. I think just the bitch would be like, she's going, watch her start a podcast called the Bituation room. Mark my word. She's going to do that. Um, yeah, 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 no, he says, uh, make sure you actually purchase the domain name before cinema does. Uh, let's do that right now. I need to do that. In fact, I think I own it, so it's fine. Um, Parker, thank you so much for your super chat. Congrats for correctly predicting Argentina would win the World Cup. Felt your pain yesterday when John didn't know who Messi played for. Uh-huh. Um, and Noemi Green, uh, thank you for your super chat again, saying hashtag not all Portlanders, not all Mexicans. My Dragon Squad t-shirt got stuck to my Francesca t-shirt. Tuesdays and Mondays are my favorite day of the week. Oh, Hef with your $20 uh, um, super chat. Happy holidays, Fran Peeps. Let's see. Charles Guliano again. Or no, sorry, I'm rereading everything. Uh, uh, uh. Um, we're saving Nick Kroll. We're saving Nora Jones. Camperman saving Liv Tyler. Um, let's see. And oh, ZKR99 is saving Bush Jr. Maybe. And with that, y'all, this is the fart song. Thank you so much to all the patrons at $5 or more. The new patrons, we have Gina Viola, who just became a patron. The Gina Viola? The? Thank you so much. You're wonderful. Thanks to Star Prude Home for also becoming a patron uh, at, I believe that's $10 uh, in Canadian. Thank you to the new Twitch subs, Kyle8315. Thank you to Roro Sarah Beth for cheering your bit. Thank you to Liguri Fina on Twitch for resubscribing or subscribing with Prime. Frank Morning Tree for subscribing at Tier One. Again, twelve months you've been subscribed. Happy anniversary, bro! And thank you to Brandy Lou too for subscribing, resubscribing with Prime. Twenty-one months for Brandy Lou too. Thanks to all of you. To Paige Omek, my producer, to Maximilian Inhoff, who's recovering from COVID, to Alexander Orness, to Andy Vasoyan, who edits these podcasts. I will see all y'all talking Avatar in the bonus all by myself. You've been wonderful. I'll see you next week. Merry Christmas, everybody.